long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. Hello, and welcome to a non-episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Brian Hughes, and with me is my friend Tim Elliott. Hello. And also with us is Frank Canepa. Howdy. Today, we're going to uh, break... Um, ranks a little bit. We're not going to talk about John Byrne. Anyway, what we're, what we're going to be talking about today is our thoughts and feelings on Star Wars The Force Awakens, the new Star Wars movie that's been out. Actually, it's been out for a few weeks now, uh, but we wanted to get our thoughts and feelings out there while everybody else already has. Right. <laughs> we're late to the party, but we're going to jump on the bandwagon anyway. Yes. Hey, we brought tons of cheese Whiz, okay? And the party is not over until the cheese whiz is gone, according to Steve Dallas. Okay. I'm not clear on this cheese whiz thing, but uh, good for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Anyway, uh, now let me ask you guys, uh, how, have you guys seen it once or twice or how many times already? I've only seen it once myself. I've seen it twice. I have seen it twice. Gosh. You guys are so special. I've been working. <laughs> Actually, I was on vacation for a while, but I never got a chance to get out and see it a second time. I will be doing that soon, and I will be taking my son, who just thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Um, Better than sliced bread? He doesn't eat sliced bread. Well, okay, I'll qualify that. He will eat sliced bread if you cut off the crust, but uh, he doesn't go out of his way for it. So, yeah, he likes it better than sliced bread. Um, (laughs) Well, I saw it once here in Dallas Mm -hmm. and uh, with some great friends, which made the experience that much better. And then I saw it once in Vegas with my dad uh, because it was important to me to see Star Wars with my dad because when I was a kid, my dad took both my brother and I to uh, to see it when it first when the first one came out when the real first one came out. Yeah, yeah. Did your uh, did your dad take you, uh, Brian, to go see? Yeah, my dad. You know, it's funny. Um, we didn't see Star Wars right out of the gate. Uh, I think we saw it about six weeks after it first came out and all my friends were talking about it, and everybody's talking about it, and they built it up and built it up and built it up. So when I first went and saw it, I was waiting for something even bigger than what I'd seen. I was a little underwhelmed. Now, don't get me wrong. I really liked the movie and I was, I, w- I was really, uh, you know, like all the other kids, I was getting Star Wars action figures and, and toys and stuff like that and building models, but I didn't, you know, I guess I didn't glom onto the force like so many others did. It wasn't until Empire that I really, you know, like, like it really cemented my uh, my Star Wars fandom. Well, that should have been the case for a lot of people. Uh, for me, it wasn't. I mean, I, I saw my little brother on a Saturday about a noon showing, I think. And it I was sixth grade and it hit me. I guess it hit me right where I need to be hit because I that was <clears throat> for about the next, oh, I guess through probably through Jedi Maybe most of the rest of the 80s, I was, oh, I'm going to be a special effects guy. So I got heavily <laughs> tri- heavily into that. Oh, and then yeah. I, Started yep. following Di- John Dykstra and, mm-hmm. and all wow. of the, his work prior to that. Yeah, that's exactly the same path I took. Yep. I went and I was, I started reading, it used to be a, uh, I still got him as a magazine called um, Cinefix, not, not Cinefix, a little booklet that goes in depth on Particular movies, but it was uh, it was cinematic as the magazine. He can't remember. Movie guys that you could do show you how to do homemade special effects. 
Oh, wow. Um, that called Cinefax? I can't remember the name of it. And, of course, I was big into Starlog. I read the... I had a subscription oh, to yeah. that. Yeah. Starlog. I was in... Uh, got into Epic. Uh, yep. I... Yeah. I was... Fangoria. Fangoria yeah, every once not, in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could not stop watching or reading all that stuff. You know, Frank and I do have one thing in common in regards to Star Wars. Um, so, Kelly. Yeah. No, uh, in the 80s, uh, when we had the pay TV channels around here, it was um, on TV, view, and preview were the, the pay channels. It was before cable. And uh, so everybody got these decoder boxes that, that allowed them to get the signal. And when they decided to run Star Wars on the pay channel, they did a simulcast on the uh, public radio here in DFW. And so I and I, I don't know how many other kids in the Metroplex did this, but I recorded the audio of it. And so for years, I had audio tape of, of Star Wars that I would sit there and listen to at night when I was going to bed. That's cool. I had the uh, Story of Star Wars record that I would listen to over and over and over and over. I had it on uh, cassette tape, and yeah. I did the same thing. I listened to it repeatedly over and over again. I could not, uh, could not get enough, and I got to the point. I can't watch A New Hope. Uh, without quoting it, and uh, it uh, to the great consternation of many of the people who sit around <laughs> me when I watch the movie, or or misquoting it. I don't know. I'm, I find I'm, your I'm... lack of pence disturbing. Oh, okay, that's a whole different story. <laughs> a friend of mine said that to me once a while back, and I it, it was the first time I think I've ever snarfed um, it, something other than milk. Oh. And it was painful. It was a soda Ow. of some kind, and I snarfed. Uh, the moment he said that, I just and I, I, I thought it wasn't coming just through my nose. I thought it was coming through my eyes as well. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Well, when I was, uh, I recently made a trip up to Georgia and met the Dinner for Geeks guys. And during our our dinner with the geeks, we talked about they had did a, a live tweet with Star Wars. Uh, this has been several months ago, early in the year. Mm-hmm. And they got together at Rifen's house, watched the film, and then they everybody encouraged everybody just to watch it along and tweet. And I did that, and that was just so much fun. So I said, when are we going to do that again? And they're, so they're thinking about they'll do Empire next. So oh, yeah. I encourage anybody who gets a chance to do that. That's just a lot of fun to watch it tweet along with the guys. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'll have to, to check into that. You know, I got to say one thing about Star Wars that is that is really, really helpful. I mean, the thing is, we know it so well. That it is actually now a sleep aid for me. <laughs> in that, if I can't get to sleep, I will turn on Star Wars and I will look away. I won't look at it. I'll just lay in lay in bed on my pillow, and my mind will fill in the pictures. And as it's filling in the pictures, it just takes my mind off of everything else, and I go right off to sleep. It's kind of like a meditation. Yeah, <laughs> the Force meditation. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and the Force is strong with this one. All right, so shall we move into our thoughts? All right, uh, why don't you go first, Brian? Just give us your, you know, general, your general, uh, you know, what was your impression when you first walked out of the theater? Um, you know, there are certain points in my life where I felt like a kid, and that was definitely one of them, especially being able to experience it with my son, who just got so pumped up, and he was just like, this was awesome, and that was, it was so cool, this was great, and, and all that. So, it, you know, I was like, I... I I live that, I don't want to say vicariously through him, but I live it along with him. And that makes it so much more enjoyable. And that, it, that, that had that similar effect to me on Man of Steel. With Man of Steel had other effects on me, but my, my son was able to take me out of the melancholy I suffered at that. 
But with with the with the Force Awakens, I mean, he just helped me get really pumped in it and buy into it. And he's sitting there talking about it the whole night, and then and then you know he he sits there and says, "Well, we've got to get Battlefront now. We got to be able to play Battlefront and do this and do that and and all that." And so I I was you know it's like I really got to say that you know that helped my enjoyment of it. But that being said, I really enjoyed it an awful lot. Um, some people are sitting there griping about how it revisits so many of the tropes of the, of the original, but I like that. I like that in the same way I like Terminator 2. And so I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think JJ really, you know, caught the caught the ball, ran with it, and he scored the touchdown with a lightsaber. So anybody tried to tackle him, he cut their arms off, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think, uh, you know, as, as far as my, my general impression, it was an enjoyable movie. Um I, I think it was a it was a good thing. When, when we got out of there, I was sitting there trying to rank all the movies, and I'm one of those that definitely ranks Empire first and the original and Episode Four second. And I think I'd probably put Sith Episode Three as my next favorite after that, and then this one. So that puts it over all the prequels and even over uh, Return of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Okay, Frank. Well, <clears throat> well, my ranking is different. Um, the when Episode four came out. My brother and I, with my dad, went to go uh, opening weekend, and we stood in line uh, for about three blocks to um, <clears throat> get into the theater in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, from that moment, that movie didn't just hook me. It basically it gave me the mythology that I that I think people need. People need a mythology. Uh, they need um, a framework by which they can, you know, they, 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 they refer to the story of Perseus or, or Hercules um, as, as, uh, as either cautionary or, or moral tales. And Star Wars became mine, and I, I clung to it. And then I, I got so into it, I read everything by Joseph Campbell when I found out he was part of it. And, um, and that's why the first one... As far as I'm concerned, number one, even though it's episode four, is is my favorite because it hooked me in a into a universe where though I loved loved today Star Trek, loved Star Trek back then, grew up on Star Trek, um, and, and Forbidden Planet was probably my first uh, science fiction full length movie that I watched. Uh, Star Wars became uh, the one for me. Now, uh, Empire to me was the next Greek tragedy uh, um, conclusion or or logical uh, Greek tragedy step next step in the storyline. So to me, uh, Empire wasn't another movie. It was just the next step in the Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's going always going to be uh, in episodes uh, four and five. Um, Things did not pan out the way I had imagined them to be for episodes one, two, and three. So episode three, though I enjoyed the fight, I enjoyed the culmination, I enjoyed all, the coming to a head of all of the all of the the themes that make Darth Vader. I it didn't live up to my expectation. It wasn't as good as I had hoped it would be. I have to say that I'm really thinking episode seven might be my third movie in the, in the trilogy hmm. uh, or in the, in the storyline, I should say. And uh, I, 
I'm not so sure of where to rank the rest. I, I, and yes, there were so many of the same themes that were readdressed in this episode that were addressed in, in episode four. But I felt that they were different enough uh, in, in their telling that, uh, that I was able to forgive a great deal. There's only one thing that I'm hoping to be true. Uh, I'm sick of Death Stars. And <laughs> I'm hoping that the third time is the charm and that there is no need for another damn Death Star. The other thing that I've noted is I fully, I fully believe this. I think that the Skywalker bloodline has daddy issues. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So are, are you saying that Ray is, I mean, we're far enough out that we can be completely spoiler-tastic, right? Well, okay, we need well, to let people know that this is, we're going to, okay, from now, if you're, we're going to get into spoilers now. So if you haven't seen the film, turn us off, go watch it, come back. All right. Okay. That being said, so you're <laughs> saying Ray is, is Luke's daughter? Oh, or, no, no, no. It, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Ben or Kylo Ren. Yeah. Uh clearly has daddy issues yes which he resolved um <laughs> luke luke has had daddy issues and i think that uh, anakin had daddy issues uh being that there was none and so i believe that the entire skywalker bloodline um has daddy issues i don't know if if it's genetic or 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 what but uh there's there's always some sort of con conflict that goes beyond a normal daddy issue so so you're saying that you enjoyed it oh i i i i cannot say anything else that other than i i not just enjoyed it but i loved it i i felt like a kid again it it pulled me back in i am uh, it is now my goal to see it in every format that's available awesome well tim i guess that throws it back on you all right yeah uh i hated it good night <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't hate it. Uh, you bastards are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. What is wrong with the two of you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm on board. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it quite a bit. I didn't love it, and that may change. I, on my second viewing, I find myself enjoying it a little more. So as I watch it, maybe again, and get a little more out of it and kind of absorb it and dissect it a little more, I may take... Because sometimes you get that first impression when you see a film, and you kind of go in... And I really had no idea. I hadn't... Other than watching trailers, I hadn't read anything about the film, so I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't have any expectations other than, this is another Star Wars film, how's it going to compare to the six previous films? See, and, I, I... Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. So I, I want to say, like the prequels, I... I I enjoyed it, but I see some of the flaws in it, and we get into some of the things what we we found wrong with it. I'll get into those later, but I I didn't feel like a kid again, and I'm and I don't know if I can. I don't know if just because I don't know, maybe I'm just too jaded. Maybe it's uh, I was in a good mood or something when I saw it, but I didn't. It didn't take me back to feeling like a kid watching it again because I think I was from the first viewing, I think I was kind of picking it apart and trying to think, well, I don't like this. I don't like, I like that. I don't like that. I was trying to die. I was trying to analyze it instead of just sitting back and then letting it, you know, kind of absorbing it and, and enjoying it. So I, I, 
And I don't know where ranking would be. I, I really can't have not absorbed enough of it to say how I'd rank it yeah. among the other ones. As you know, I'm not I'm not a prequel basher. I don't. I see they're not perfect films, but I don't hate them. I don't think they're the worst movies ever. And as for the retelling of of A New Hope, it it's, it shares a lot of the same beats as A New Hope. It does. It's it's kind of a rehashing of that. And say what you will about the prequels, whether you like them or hate them, at least I feel Lucas tried to do something different, and. Whether he did intentionally or it just turned out that way, it feels a little like Abrams kind of played it safe by saying, well, this is what the fans want, so this is what I'm going to give them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to put that squarely on Abrams' shoulders. Uh, it, you know, I think Disney had a lot going on there, so there was a lot of committee on that. Right, right, right. That He could have been forced. That could have been forced into him. I, I do know that, that uh, whatever Lucas had some ideas for the next three films that he gave to them that they kind of... I don't know if they pulled any part of that stuff out and used it into the movies or if they just deviated completely and went with their own way. Yeah, and, and I don't know about that. I've actually tried to stay away from any of the the talk about Lucas, his ideas on it, and his thoughts on the, on the, the movie that came out because you, you're not going to get anything that's going to be helpful to you by listening to him right now because all, all you're going to hear is what was done wrong or what he felt was done right. And it's, again, it's not going to help your opinion of the movie. No, and it really shouldn't... Really, anybody's opinion shouldn't matter. If you went into it and you absolutely loved it, it didn't matter if a hundred other people said, oh, it's trash, you enjoyed it, you got out of something that you wanted out of, that's all that matters. But, you know, it's funny. The um, the, the naysayers, or whatever you want to call them, are all have the same argument, and that's just, you know, it is it is a rehash of A New Hope. Um, they They aren't really able to bash it along any other lines at least you know in any big way it had some good twists that i really really enjoyed uh i love the way they handled the character of finn yeah i, I agree that. i i thought he was uh i thought he was really a a, a creative uh a step away from what i what i had expected but i you know and and everybody's sitting there wondering about finn i you know i'm sitting there and i'm, I'm speculating myself what is it that makes one person break away from the the stormtrooper training that they gave him and everybody else. He's the only one that breaks away. What is it? And without, you know, the Jedi, without, you know, those those guys or the Sith out there, you know, searching for force sensitives, it's very possible that you're going to get some. They're going to be able to, to, to do things like that. And may, maybe he is a force sensitive. Just nobody was able to tell it. Well, that might. That's, that's what I thought they were going to reveal because he's as soon as he's on the planet, and it's right after they kill Max von Sydow. They kill him. I thought maybe that awoke something in Finn. Mm-hmm. If he is a force sensitive, that might have stirred something or kind of shook him out of his his uh, brainwashing, so that he turned and decided to turn against the uh, the First Order. But who was Max von Sydow? I mean, um, who was he really? No, but you don't. I don't know if we'll ever find out who he was. I don't know if he was a. And are they going to use him use him for flashbacks or something in the later movies? I, I just think it was just such a a waste of the a waste of him as an actor. Oh, I agree. To have him in there for just a few short seconds and then boom, dead. Well, okay, you have to wait for a moment on that because Daniel Craig was in it, and yes, so was uh, um. Yeah, but Daniel Craig's name is not on the movie posters. All right, right. Daniel well, Craig. Is Max Valcedo's name on the new movie poster. At least he's always been in the credits. We've always known that he was in the movie. He was touted mm. as one of the stars. Now, is the Daniel mm. Craig thing real? Because I've heard yes. that was a rumor. No, that's real. That's him. That's his voice. 
as one of the troopers? Well, he was the stormtrooper that uh, Ray used uh, the Jedi mind trick on. The one that dropped his weapon. Yes. Right. I'll have to watch that again. And Simon Pegg was in it. I know he was in it, and yeah. well, you wouldn't recognize him. I know who, who he played. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the Junkers. The one that he's captures... The one that was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Frank. I was going to say, he's the one that was handing out the uh, rations. Yeah. Oh, I thought... Wait a minute. I thought Pegg was the one that was on that mechanical, like, horse thing that captured BB-8. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I could have mixed information as well. Yeah. I need to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> I need so to do see I. It. I need to see it several times, actually. All right, well, Brian, well, let's uh, let's start with you. What uh, Give us your highlights of what you liked about it. Well, you know, like I said, I, I really liked the way they handled Finn. Um, I really liked that they continued on with the, the ongoing motif that the Millennium Falcon, while every human on the planet Earth thinks it's the coolest spaceship ever. Earth? On Earth yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, listen, follow me here. While okay. every human on the planet Earth thinks it's one of the coolest spaceships ever, that everybody in the Star Wars universe thinks it's a hunk of junk. I, I, I just even there they 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 you know kept going on about what a piece of crap it looks like, but you know it's the Millennium Falcon. You know how can you think something? It's you know it's like John Byrne drawing an ugly person. Hey, wow! I found a way to tie that back. But <laughs> he has a, he has a hard time drawing some people to make him ugly because he's such a good artist at making things appealing. And the Millennium Falcon is one of those pieces of art that is appealing to us, even though everybody keeps saying it's a hunk of junk. Well, as Solo himself says, you know, she may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. So, well, yeah, and, and Lando's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. You know, you know, they, they all say that, but it doesn't look like a hunk of junk to the rest of us. Yeah, but we don't live in that world, so we don't yeah. know. I know, but we you have know, nothing to compare it to. If you, if you had, uh, I mean, we've seen the, the the other vehicles, ah, Nubian, you know, <laughs> the, the you know the the, the all chrome vehicle, or we've seen other starships and other 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 vessels and, and whatnot, you know, in, in Star Wars. This is the one, though, that if any, if you ask anybody, any Star Wars fan, hey, what starship, what what you know, Star Wars vessel would you want? Ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're going to hear the Millennium Falcon. Every now and then you'll get one X-Wing out of there, maybe even a, a TIE fighter. I want a Star Destroyer. All that room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't turn at all, though. <laughs> Put a nice, nice little jacuzzi up on that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that guy with the breathing disorder walking up and down the halls. <sighs> he just anyway. needs Simon Asana. <laughs> um... I, I also I, I really liked how they uh, they uh, portrayed Ray, but the only the only, I, I just had you know, and it's just you know a personal thing about characters in movies is that she's someone that's out on the planet in the sun all the time and she doesn't even have a tan. That's true. You know, yeah. um, you, you know, no sign that she's been on a desert planet for however long she's been there. Uh, you know, yeah. little, little things like that. You know, you know, it's like that always. That always gets you. I mean, same, you know, we had the same thing with Luke Skywalker, but people didn't talk about those things back then. You didn't sit there and think about it then. But now you sit there and start thinking about it. But again, you know, that's that's small potatoes when you sit there and you look look at the overall movie. I wish we'd seen more of Captain Phasma. I'm a, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, so I was, you know, waiting to see more of that, more of her. I uh, I also like the the way they handled Snoke, but. I'm not fooled at all. I think he's probably, it, we're, we're, you know, we're supposed to get some big surprise about him in the future. And, uh, you know, people have said that he's probably Darth Plagueis, the wise, supposedly, 
or yeah. you know something along those lines or you know like he's probably going to be something really really small minuscule yeah exactly it's it's the first thing when i saw him up there i was like that guy's probably really small it, it made me think of that episode of buffy the vampire slayer where they were worried about this gigantic demon coming out and he was like six inches tall and didn't they step on him or something it, anyway it, that's you know it's that's that's my, my thoughts on that but I, I like that the only the only thing I didn't the only thing I kind of had a problem with was the uh, and I don't remember her name uh, that Lup- Lupita played um, the one that gave Ray the lightsaber Maz yeah, Maz, yeah. I, I, the, the, that, that character was all special effect and it looked like all special effect to me you know um, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't get the sense that there was a person there in fact I got kind of a just you know they really want to represent this as an asian character kind of situation and so that that was one thing that, that did uh that, that i can say did kind of take me a little by surprise there uh beyond that uh i really enjoyed it uh i don't know that i was uh you know as big on a lot of people are saying a lot about harrison ford's performance and while it was a good performance i, I didn't i'm not going to sit there and say it's oscar worthy or anything like that I mean, it wasn't, you know, the the mumbly, grumbly Harrison Ford we've seen in the past couple of years, you know, but uh, it, you know, it, was, it was a good performance. But I, I just I wasn't, you know, sitting there standing clapping because of his performance, you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. I, I still felt like, you know, Leia was underused and I have one big complaint. And that was uh, after the destruction of Star spoilers, Star Starkiller Base and the death of Han Solo. Uh, Ray and Chewbacca and them all get on the Falcon and they head back to the Rebel or uh, the base. And Chewbacca comes off the Falcon and walks right past Leia. No, nothing. Well, no. he's, well I've heard he's carrying Finn's body. That's why. Yeah. Okay. And and then of course you know Ray walks up to Leia and it's like they've known each other for forever and hug and they'd never met. They'd ne- they as far as we know they'd never met. We but if been- they if they're both Force sensitives yeah they might have that connection because you could tell leia sensed it when han was killed yes, yes. this that's that's true and so, so all that just kind of you know i mean the, the chewbacca and maybe I, I i didn't necessarily see him carrying finn so it didn't register but it just bothered me that he that there was nothing not even a glance or a look between him and leia you know that 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 bothered me and then the, that little bit with Ray, just that 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 created more questions than than answers right there. Of course, you know, I would have liked to have seen uh, more of Luke Skywalker or heard more of Luke Skywalker or, you know, anything of, of Luke Skywalker. But we got what we got and it was a great way to, to end the movie. But I great. definitely it left me wanting more and it left me asking questions. And that's what's intended. The only regret that I have now, the only thing that bugs me right now is that both J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan will not be involved in the production of the next two movies. So that well, means that, that the product that we're going to get is going to be the product of somebody else that I, I you know, I don't know that they're going to be in the same mindset as those two were when they were putting all this together. I, I think those two are still going to steer it in the direction they want it to go. J.J. will still probably executive produce it, so... I, I, you know, we can hope. We can hope. Uh, that, you know, that's again, that's the one thing that that worries me. But then again, when you look at the original trilogy, you know, Lucas was there uh, at, at the steering wheel, um, you know, for everything in the first one, and he, of course, you know, uh, let 
you know, Irving Kirshner and then Richard Marcan, you know, take the the chores for the other movies. And they had Lawrence Kasdan there to help, you know, writing the script, um, you know, for the, for the others. Now he did, did Kasdan help write on Return of the Jedi? I forget. I know he was there for, for Empire. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that, is that they always had, you know, like the different cast of characters working on the, the movies. And yet, you know, they came out pretty good. So hopefully that's that's what's going to happen here. We just got to make sure that the, the, the coolest head prevails in the uh, committee of how it's going to be, how it's going to move forward. Yeah. Okay, I babbled enough. Why don't you guys take over? <laughs> All right, Frank, tell us what, uh, what what were your highlights? What did you like? What were your positives? I, I loved Finn's character, but I think I, I'm hoping, unlike you guys have mentioned, I'm hoping that he is not Force-sensitive at all. I'm hoping that he is the common man. I'm hoping that he's the one who was in a situation where he w- was trained to do, you know, do do what he was told, follow orders, and then just said, "This is wrong." And he's the common man that stood up and said, "No, I will not do this." And the resolve of the common because in, in a universe where you've got uh, uh, force users, granted they haven't been around for a long time. The Jedi have been uh, their their spark has gone out of the universe. Um, uh, in, a, in a universe where that exists, all you have left is it, are humans, just regular humans. And I want him to be the the common man that stands up for what's right. I thought that was Poe Dameron. I, he was he was military. He's. They don't really say much about his background. He was just a military guy, as far as I knew. And I, I, I will say that he was underused. I think they should have used him more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I liked. I liked um, the the what two brief screen exposures he had. The rest of the time he was flying around in the ship. And and uh, um, w- when I say too brief, I mean the the two scenes where you actually had opportunity for character growth, mm-hmm. sitting in a cockpit. Yelling into a microphone, I don't know if it's an opportunity for, for uh, character growth. Not unless you're um, next to Porkins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, that I loved Finn for that. That's That I really enjoyed. And I have to tell you that Ray made me happy on many levels uh, because I'm, I'm sitting with a, a group of, of great friends. Three of them are women. And the moment that lightsaber came out of the snow and into Ray's hand, one of my female friends there said, just under her breath, went, "Yes." In my mind, that was, and I and I'm not I'm not like a big feminist or you know I'm not anti or pro or any of that. It's just that women are almost always secondary characters, and Leah was not a secondary character in Star Wars, and I love that about her. And Ray's clearly not a secondary character. She was she was the Force user. She she was the Jedi to be, and and I I it I could tell by the by at least one of the women that were I was there with. She felt I am being represented here, and I loved that. That made me happy. There's a lot of other things about her I loved. I I thought she was. I thought her acting was really really good. And then I found out from others that she's not. She doesn't have a lot of acting experience prior to to this movie, and I thought she did a great job. Um, I thought Finn did a great job. They both looked like uh, to me like young. Holy crap! Look what I just did. Uh, kids that I I related to. I, I felt that relation to in the inner child in me. And the thing that made me 
loved the movie was just seeing the Falcon fly again. That I loved. I I lo- I I lo- the from day one I loved the Falcon. That was my ship, and seeing it fly again. As far as I'm concerned, they could have done. They could have ruined the movie, and if the Falcon was flying in, I probably still would have given it a thumbs up. <laughs> um, yes, the Falcon's flying. I don't care about the rest of it. Now, uh, back to the spoiler. I the moment, um, the moment Han Solo stepped on the catwalk, I said under my breath, "You are not going to Indiana Jones your way off this catwalk." Yeah, that was the moment he did that. I knew he was dead. I felt that it was, you know, one of my favorite characters. It was painful to see one of my favorite char- characters die. It was almost as painful as when Spock died in Wrath of Khan to me. Uh, that choked me up. I almost came to tears when, when, when Spock died. And when Han Solo died, I, I felt that same, you know, back of my throat. Uh, yeah, I felt it choke up the back of my throat. Um, I'd like to know, uh, you know, who else made it off the planet alive? Clearly, Kylo Ren is going to have to if he's going to continue to be the main prote- uh, uh, um, um, antagonist in the story. Well, I Clearly, I th- Hux. Go ahead. Uh, Hux, is that his name? General Hux? Yeah, General Hux. Yeah, yeah I think he's, he's bound to make it off. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the, the, the last Death Star is gone. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm really hoping they don't try to resurrect that again. Next, it's going to be an entire solar system-sized Death Star. A Dyson you know. sphere. Yeah, I'm like, no, no more. Uh, so, I, I, I was, I was happy to see uh, Chewbacca again, um, and I'm kind of impressed with uh, the longevity of, of uh, Wookies. I I did not realize that they lived that long. I I was alright with them living long, but holy crap, they they're around for a long time. I was impressed with the longevity of Peter Mayhew. I didn't surprise at his age yes. he was still still put the costume on. Well, you yeah, know, he didn't he didn't do as much as he'd done in other movies because he had knee replacement um, knee replacements done. Yeah, and so there was another guy that was a stand-in for him for long-standing scenes and such. And I'm sure that when they when they're carrying Finn. That it was probably the other guy doing it, right? Uh, some I think he's Dutch or Finnish, but uh, yeah, uh, definitely impressive. Uh, what I'm one of the things I'm also impressed by is how many uh, characters um, in the Star Wars universe have British accents, <laughs> and and I'm I'm unclear as to what the common cultural link is between Ray and. The uh, the the upper crust of the uh, the first order and and or empire that allow them all to have British accents. Hmm. Well, maybe she is Kenobi's, Could as be. as many people are speculating. Kenobi's but the kid. thing is, hmm? kid or granddaughter, granddaughter. Well, right? if she, I think she'd have to be a granddaughter because Kenobi would have died before she was born. Well, now let's think about that. Um, see. He was on Tatooine for a number of years after Revenge of the Sith and for A New Hope. Right. Um, he had a lot of time there to spend on his own, do whatever he wanted uh, while he tried to keep Luke out of trouble. But, you know, with right. Uncle Owen there. Now, you're, you're saying that she's too young to have been Kenobi's, that she was probably born after. Because this is what, how many years later are they saying it is? Is it 30 years later? It's whatever. The- I think it's, yeah, 30 or 40. 
So yeah, okay, so, yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't have been possible. You're right. She could be. She could be a granddaughter. Hmm. She could be a yeah. clone. She could be a clone of someone. Well, you know, that's one thing that always bugged me. Going back to the original trilogy, and what we didn't know before the prequels came out. And I'd always have my theories after I, I, I did an all-day watch, a binge watch of all three mo- of the original trilogy. And there was things that stuck in my head. Um, first off was when Ben Kenobi says, you know, they fought in the Clone Wars. Right. We, didn't, we didn't know what the Clone Wars were. And to right. sit there and try and think what they, what could be the Clone Wars? Well, what do we know? What do we know? Uh, what's the, the valuable commodity here? The valuable reason for using clones? Well, the Force runs strong in family lines. So it makes sense to clone people that were strong with the Force. That's so exactly you what I sit thought. there and just mass produce Jedi's left and right. And then I'm sitting there going, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Right. And so I thought that was a clone designation for, for Ben Kenobi. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I thought the originator, the first person, would have been something named, someone named something like um, Oscar Burrell. Yeah. Then, you know, he's he's from the first line, so he is Obi-Wan. Uh, and then there might be Obi-Wan 2, Obi-Wan 3, and then continuing. You, you know, it was the other assumption of mine that just got blown out of the water, though, by the prequels, What's was that? in Empire Strikes Back. Well, first off, Ben says that Anakin, oh, no, Luke says that Anakin was a navigator aboard a spice freighter. Right. Isn't the Falcon a spice freighter? He, well, he it was a freighter. And he carried that spice. That doesn't have a lot of storage, <laughs> and he carried spice only when he was smuggling. Yeah, but it was a spice freighter. You know, Wookiees lived to be how long? At least 200 years. Very. Right, right. And so there was that scene in Empire Strikes Back when they're getting ready to freeze Han Solo. And Chewbacca starts throwing stormtroopers left and right. And Boba Fett pulls up his gun to shoot him. And Vader puts the gun down. Gives him that, don't you even think about it. And I always thought that that was Vader saving Chewbacca because he knew him from the Falcon. Because Vader wanted that ship. So I'd always assumed that Anakin was aboard the Falcon with Chewbacca years and years before. And of course, we know all that's wrong because of uh, 3PO. That was the reason why he stopped him from shooting Chewbacca. He didn't right. want 3PO to get destroyed even more than he already had been. Anyway, those are a couple theories that I had that came out of the out of uh, the original trilogy that just got blown to bits. <laughs> so where were we? Uh, I think it was Tim's turn. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll run down what, what I liked. I liked the... Sure, it, was a, it shares a lot of the same beats with Star Wars, but that didn't really bother me. I liked the characterization of, of the characters like Finn and probably uh, Kylo Ren the best. I think Poe Dameron was, was, as you said, grossly underused and mm-hmm. grossly underdeveloped. They, he felt like he was a, a Han Solo stand-in. Maybe we didn't get enough of him, but he didn't have kind of that instant charisma that you get when you first see uh, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. So he left me a little cold. And Ray, I didn't get emotionally attached to her. I thought I didn't wasn't really rooting for her that I was for Finn and even Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, I thought, was the more probably the most complex of the characters and probably had a big as big an arc as uh as ray did i yeah, liked um, I, agree with that. I liked him quite a bit especially his voice when he first came on and i'm not familiar with this actor at all i love the way he used his voice just his tenor and his the way he spoke now are you talking when he had the modulator the, the mask making? on right when the mask is on 
to me that that it was just that androgynous voice that you always hear on Star Trek characters when they don't know what sex to make them, um, or whenever they have someone being possessed in uh, any kind of supernatural TV show or movie, they always give that androgynous voice, and that's what I heard in Kylo Ren there. So you couldn't, you you, you weren't supposed to know right off the bat if it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> um, I, I assumed it was a guy. But. Yeah, so I, I did, but it was just that was the voice that I heard. I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, definitive like Vader. You know. Yeah. Well, it wasn't quite as deep. Yeah. But maybe that's the comparison they're trying to draw. But I like the, for the most part, I liked the production design. I thought it was, it was, it looked good. Uh, some of the the three D I thought was served the film pretty well. It didn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't obtrusive. It didn't, it didn't kind of rear its face to say, hey, this is 3D. But I think if you watched it, did either of you see it in 3D? Yeah, I did. I did. Is anybody I, seen it? Did you see your second time, Frank, in 2D? No, we, okay. we saw it in 3D again. We just saw, I saw it the first time in 3D IMAX, and then the second time was uh, just 3D. I think both my times are 3D IMAX. I think it would probably look hold up just as well in 2D, because it doesn't, there's nothing... Spectacular about the 3D it enhances it a little bit, but it's I don't think I don't think you have to see in 3D to enjoy the film. Well, I, I get the same thing out of 3D from this that I get out of a lot of movies, and that is at the very beginning you notice the 3D, and as the movie goes on, you you start to just it 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 doesn't factor, and then all of a sudden there's a scene that jars you when something comes right out at you, and you go, oh yeah, this is a 3D movie, and I got the same thing out of this. so the 3D wasn't a, a great factor in making it a good movie. Or a bad movie. It was, you know, just, it was there and it was an effect. But I won't have any problems watching it, you know, in 2D, uh, you know, when it comes to home video or when I, if I go back to see it again, I'll probably see it in 2D. Right. I, I think once the 3D, like you said, you, you know, it's in 3D, but it kind of fades into the background so that it's not as obvious. It's more like good, a good soundtrack. It should be there to enhance the movie, but you shouldn't necessarily be aware of it. Yeah. Every lightsaber should have stuck out and, and almost nipped your nose off, and I didn't get that. <laughs> the only time that I, I noticed it outside of the very beginning uh, was uh, when the monsters got free on the uh, on the freighter. Yeah. And one of the tentacles comes slashing out at you. And I went, mm. oh, yeah, 3D. I noticed it mostly in the uh, the Falcon chase when they're trying first trying to get off Jakku. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is probably the best. Uh, I I will say I, I didn't I wasn't all that impressed with the the battle scenes other than that chase scene. That chase scene was nice. The others, the one on uh, wherever the planet is where they kidnap Ray, wherever Maze Maz's planet, whatever that is. I didn't think that fight was all that particularly that. Uh, I mean, the, the X-wing swooping in off the the lake or the I guess it's the lake or the river. That was nice, but the battle yeah. scenes weren't quite. They weren't quite that Jedi or uh, that, of course, the to me, the trench run is going to be the mother of all fight scenes. You're not going to surpass that. Right. You know, there's something that neither of you have brought up, and, and, and I, I realized I didn't bring it up either, and that was the extremely different way that they handled the Force in this one in, in regards to Kylo Ren. The stopping of the blaster fire like he did. And just the way he used the force to to get information from people in a much much more um, dangerous and painful fashion, but the way he stopped that for the 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 blaster bolt, I just thought that was really 
amazing yet it made me sit there and go how powerful is this guy because that's yeah that's something right there that was that was I, just amazing and just blew me out of the water i thought that was one of the coolest scenes in the whole film that was impressive and it, and i agree i i thought how powerful is he and how much and, and and in my mind i was thinking that okay he had to have been trained by uh by that snoke character mm-hmm. who was clearly a force user yeah um and he was clearly i i would say to to, to train him to be that powerful and to stave off the condition that the sith always have which is a you rise up to the point where you're strong enough to kill your master and then you kill your master and then you move on and then you train somebody else who then grows up to be powerful enough to kill you or you kill them it's a it's a you know it's a it's a Vicious predatory yeah. it's a predatory uh, uh condition which I, I i i didn't really see as one that made sense in a long term but i i guess it's working in that star wars universe so he, stoke has to be powerful enough to teach him how to do uh to do that yeah and he's teaching him things about the force that that others did not know right i I mean that's the thing is is that there's so many different things that you can do with the force that not everybody is considering and that's why the speculation behind him being darth plagueis makes some sense to me Mm -hmm. you know there's there's one thing there's one thing I'll, i'll say um when i went into this movie i went into it knowing in my heart that they were probably going to kill Han Solo. So I went into the movie with a very doom and gloom kind of feeling hanging over me. You know, that feeling you have before a a performance or an exam or, you know, a big event that's coming to you that you have to be ready for. You have to sit there and get yourself ready for. I had that kind of feeling going up there until they actually, you know, we got to that scene and it happened. I said, okay, it's over. It's done. Deal with it. And you know, it, it did catch me. It did sit there and make me, you know, I, I felt pretty, pretty hard about that. Now, though, I can go back and watch it and not have that feeling hanging over me and enjoy the movie even more. And that's one thing I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. Well, I think that that's why I think maybe I enjoyed it more the second time because it was I was already exposed to it and I had already kind of got some of my feelings about it. I, already, I thought about it a lot. And I, I will say that it had me asking a lot of questions and I thought about it a lot leaving the theater. I you know, I had questions about, well, does this make sense? Does that make sense? But also, you know, how did I, re- I really searched about how did I feel about this film? You know, how did, I didn't want to have a just kind of a, a gut reaction to it. I wanted to really try to understand, do I like it? Honestly, am I rejecting it because everybody else just says it's great? And I'm kind of, well, wait a minute. If you say it's fantastic, then it can't be that good. But So I'm, st- I'm still kind of coming to terms with that. I'm still mulling this over and I'm still thinking about it. So... Well, the, the question is, does the movie, is the movie going to have the rewatchability of the, of the originals? Is, is it one of those that you're going to, I mean, everybody's going to probably add it to their video collection, but how many times are they going to go back to the well on it? Can the movie stand on its own the way the other movies do? I mean, we know the original trilogy is a trilogy of movies and it's a continuation of a story, but each movie, regardless of how it ends, even Empire Strikes Back, is a self-contained movie in and of itself. It doesn't necessarily have to have the movie before it and the movie after it to, to be a successful movie. Does this one, you know, fill that? Does it have to have the movies after it to be successful? I don't think it necessarily has to have the movies after it, but I, I don't feel it can stand on its own as well as Star Wars can. Yeah. 
Because Star Wars, you're kind of thrown in, you're right in the middle of the story, and it's and it's a very simple story. It's good guys, bad guys, you know, good guys have got to get, you know, defeat the bad guys. It's that simple. This one is a little more complex because it is setting up a larger story. Lucas didn't necessarily know he was going to do sequels, so his was more of a self-contained story. So this one does feel, obviously there are going to be more, more, two more, or even all the, the side projects they're going to do that are going to, I think, fill in some of the blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, or some of the fill in, I guess they're going to fill in some of the storylines between seven, eight, and nine. I don't know. I mean, I think it has a, it's a fun movie. I will say that as, as, as much as the, I like the prequels or I'll, I'll defend the prequels. Uh, some of those aren't necessarily a fun movie, if that makes sense. I appreciate what they're doing and there's some, they've got some great scenes. This was kind of a f- more Star Wars light, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I agree with you. So do I. Yeah. Which is some of the... And, and I, oh, go ahead, Derek. I was just going to say that, and, and one of the things that uh, one of the things that has impressed me uh, about it, not the movie directly, but I, I swear to you, Carrie Fisher is a class act. I really, really love her, and all the all the all the Twitter buzz about her aging, whether she aged well or not. I think she's just. I think she's a class act. I think she's awesome. And I think she's absolutely right that women have a right to age. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, she's, she's, I just love her to death. Yeah. You know, it, I've, I've been pretty good about avoiding all that, all that stuff. So I, I, I don't even know, you know, what people were saying. I, I've tried to stay away from, you know, the certain types of press in regards to that. But I, I'm also one that tries to stay away from celebrity press altogether. You know, just stuff about celebrities. Because I, I find that, that, if you start learning enough about the celebrities that you can less identify with the characters they play in the movies because you're Bruce Willis is getting ruined on me as a result of uh, you know learning more and more about him and you know there are other other act- actors that I could sit there and name that uh, are ruined for me just because of you know the celebrity aspect of them so I'm, I'm trying very hard to stay away from stuff these days to, to you know have those things ruined well, I think she didn't she pulled me out of the film a little bit only because when I fir- she first came on screen, I-, I had to tell myself that's Carrie Fisher. And it wasn't that she looked old or looked bad. She just looked different. And I think it's because she hasn't been in film or even in the spotlight for the last 30 years since Jedi, the way because Ford continued to make films and so did uh, Hamill and doing other other parts. She- you saw his face. Her, you never saw her, so she just looked like somebody you hadn't seen in 30 years, so she looked totally different. And I wish they had used her a little more, gave her a little more uh, of a media role, and hopefully in the the next film, they'll pump up her role a little more. She'll be able to do a little more. Yeah. I wonder if she's going to ask for more, or if they've already negotiated that. I mean, after hearing what Harrison Ford got... I would think they would already have contracts set in for either they're going to do, you know, the next two or the next three or however many, you know, is she going to, I'm sure she already knows what her fate is, whether she's going to live or die or what's going to happen to her. But on that note, because uh, we'll kind of kind of wrap this up, let's um let's go around and what do you want to see in the next film? What do you hope is going to happen in the next film? Brian, we'll go with you. I want to see Millennium Falcon Foo. <laughs> I want to, I want to see... Uh, lightsaber foo, but I don't want to see um, lightsaber foo where it looks like you know chop sake where they're sitting there you know strike parry strike parry strike parry. I liked the lightsaber fight that they had in this one, uh, the fights that they had in this one because they weren't 
practiced and rehearsed and, you know, looked like they, you know, they sat there and, and choreographed something amazing. And, that, and that's the one shot against the uh, prequel trilogy is that it was too choreographed. Whereas this looked like, you know, fun. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the, the, the hard battles, hard fought battles. See, uh, with the lightsaber. See, I'll, I'll disagree with you there because that's one thing I like about the, the prequel fights. You sit to see that the prequels gave us. You get to see a Jedi in full power going up against someone else. And I think that they are so in, so in tune with the Force that it is going to be almost like a ballet. They can almost, they're almost, you know, they're predicting, they're kind of, I guess, they're almost precognition enough to kind of see what the next person is going to do. And they've already, with the Force is, altered their their body to match that so it is more like a dance so no and and, and i understand that and you know again i, I enjoyed the obi-wan kenobi darth maul battle and i uh to a point enjoyed the kenobi anakin battle at the end of sith but there was so much screen time put to the ballet that the the sheer ferocity of what a lightsaber can do to a person was lost on the audience. And this movie brought that back. This movie showed you that a lightsaber can mess up your world in just a second. Well, right. It's it's because you this is more of like an empire fight because you've got two opponents that are not equally matched as opposed to Anakin and Obi-Wan who were about the same level. Maybe Anakin is a little stronger. So that you're not going to get a big difference. There's not going to be one that is favoring the other one. Yeah. So like you yeah. said, it's going to be more brutal. Yeah, and I like that. Now, the other thing I want to see out of my Star Wars movies is I want Ewan McGregor in an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, and he wants that. So they need to make that. So everybody else that's with me, say so, okay? <laughs> oh, so you want a movie so, that takes so place takes place between two and three? Yeah, uh, well, between either between two and three or three and four. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, maybe he stays on Tatooine. Maybe he has to take sojourns every every so often. You know, well, they could easily do that now that they want to make a film a year. They that opens up to so many possibilities. Yes. So, uh, for me, okay, I love the Falcon. I thought the, I thought, uh, you know, I was loved, I loved seeing it again. I love seeing, you know, the 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 bottom turret locking, you know, taking damage and locking. I, the the ricketiness of it of its of its uh, older equipment. I, I loved all that, but I can say that when the Falcon went to Starkiller Base. She almost looked invulnerable. Uh, you know, she wasn't necessarily flown uh, in the best condition conditions, but going through that forest, she didn't take a lick of damage, and she probably should have. Slamming into the snow and sliding up to the edge of the uh, the cliff, she probably should have taken some damage there. Uh, you know, I, as much as I love the ship, and I think that she is perfect, um, she's not perfect, and she should have taken a little bit of damage. I, I, I want to see more dogfights, more more ship to ship combat. Not necessarily in the vein of the first three movies, which which was fine. I I, I enjoyed their ship to ship combat, but I just I, that's the thing that I love the most about uh, uh, the idea of a space opera is you've got fleets against fleets and ships against ships and that to me is um, uh, the greatness of a of a space opera. I, I want to see Luke do something. <laughs> I want to know what happened, and I'm really hoping they do a good job of filling that out. And I think that's really, you know, I really hope that uh, um, 
uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, that Princess Leah takes on a, a, a sizable role. She's pretty, she's clearly going to be a supporting character. Uh, but, I, th- I think that she's def- going to have a definite hand in the final disposition of Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. Well, she's got to be there for that. I really want to see her pick up a lightsaber. Uh, but you want to know if she ever tried to go down the same path as Luke? Because in Jedi, she says, when she finds out that she's his sister, she says, you know, I, uh, you can have that power too. So you would think that after Jedi that she would at least do some kind of training to strengthen her force sensitivity uh but i don't we don't know if we we don't know if that's happened or not so it it looks i mean in some ways it seems like they uh they downplayed her so that she could remain in in the other positions you know as princess and and all that i don't think they wanted to let everybody know that she was darth vader's daughter right or or that she was a skywalker at all so i don't think that she got you know the training so much yeah, and we know that in the EU, at least if if I remember, I mean, I didn't read a whole lot of the books, but if I remember right, she had a, a hard time, you know, learning learning the ways of the Jedi. That uh, she hit a wall. Well, she be she would be training even later than Luke. Right, and he was considered too old when he started training. Mm-hmm. So, and she was raised as Lee Organa, so it may be where she feels her her places to be more of a statesman, you know, more of a, a politician. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do with her. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, her role increased. At least it doesn't have to be, like I said, just increase a little bit, just give her a little more, more to do. Uh, and I've heard rumors. I want Lando to come back or at least to have Lando show up at one point. Yeah. Uh, we have to, I mean, they, they have to have Lando. I, I want some, Resolution is like you said, Frank. To what happened between Luke and I guess these Jedi's he was training. You know, are we going to get kind of a flashback, or what are we going to get? Just a little more, because I would like Luke to at least carry on to this movie and the next. I don't know what their plans are. If he's gonna, if he's gonna die, he's gonna somehow pass the torch on to another group. You know, was he gonna go down killing? Will he? Will he kill Kylo Ren? Will Kylo Ren die? Will Ray kill Kylo Ren? What? What I'd like to see is I'd like to see Leah. Okay, I come from a family of strong women, and I'd really like to see Leah slap him down and go, look, you're my son, you're going to get spanked, and (laughs) have her just pull him out of the dark side. It could come to that. It could be more of a battle of wills. Not lightsabers, but wills. Her will as his mother over, and he, you already know he's fighting the light side. He's already, he's... You know, it's the opposite. He's not fighting the dark side. He's fighting the light side. Yeah. So he's already struggling there. Yeah, but he struck his father down. His journey to the dark side is complete. Or is it? Well, they they never mentioned the word Sith. So is he trying to be a Sith? Maybe he's just a a different version of the dark side. Maybe it's not. Maybe he doesn't want to be a Sith. Well, yeah, I mean, because we know that the Siths don't um, really have a great history, at least currently. No. Okay, I, I I got a question. It's something that's, that's been on my mind since the prequel trilogy, and that is uh, when what was Samuel Jackson's character's name? I'm blanking all of a sudden. Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Yeah, when Mace Windu is yeah, they're saying is like you know you, you speak of the prophecy of the one that'll bring balance to the force. You think it's this boy? And if I understand properly, at that point there was a ton of Jedi and only two Sith. So how do you bring balance to the Force? Don't you, don't you wipe out all the Jedi and then the, the scales are balanced at that point? 
Well, is mm. is balance meaning there are no Sith, only Jedi? I, I think that balance means that there becomes no Jedi and no Sith, and that all that's left are those that are balanced within themselves. Maybe that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they finally bring peace to the gal, and then maybe the Jedi are not needed. And I and I had always felt that that is uh, that is what Luke was going to be. I thought the that the prophecy missed, and that Anakin or Vader was not the one who brought balance by killing off all the Jedi and leaving just a few Jedi left and having a few Sith left. Um, I had always felt that uh, that uh, Luke was the one who was going to bring the real balance to the Force because he was going to be the balance between the two within himself. That's why he's the one who came out with the green blade instead of the blue and the red. Um, and why he dressed in black but also had a lot of gray. He, in the symbolisms of all, the, all of these color elements in the storyline, I'd always felt that he was going to be the one who was going to internalize the balance of both the dark and the light in, in, internally. And, uh, and that's the direction I, was, I, was, I saw Luke going. Um, I, clearly, I think that that might be wrong now based off of the direction that they're taking it. But uh, that is what I thought originally. It could be Kylo Ren could be the one that's fighting, that's going to straddle that line between light and dark. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Well, let me ask this. Do you do you think or do you want Rey to be Luke's daughter? I want her to be completely separate from them. Same here. I don't yeah. I don't want I don't want everything to be connected. I want her to be like the children, uh, the younglings in in the in the Jedi temple. They're completely separate and have no um, have no uh, connection to uh, uh, the other great uh, uh, Force family lines. But you know that's not going to be true. I don't know that. We'll see. We don't know that. I don't. I don't want her to want it to be Kylo Ren's sister or some relation. I don't want. I, I like you, Frank. I want this to be somebody who you know. Forget all about midi chlorian. Some at years born, and either you're sensitive to the force or you're not, or, or depending on how sensitive you are to the force. Okay, now that's you just brought up something that that really made me. You know, the whole Darth Plagueis thing. All right. So the theory is that Darth Plagueis used the force to cause the creation of Anakin. That's one theory. Yes. Yeah, I I just think that he had the force, the midi chlorians or whatever, carry his seed into Anakin. Uh, into Shmi to make Anakin. It wasn't a, an immaculate conception. It was a forced conception, so to speak. <laughs> and that uh, the truth of that will be revealed upcoming if this does happen to be Darth Plagueis. And if it is Darth Plagueis, then it is all about the dark side. Yeah. yeah. And the Sith. I have not read any uh, of the, uh, the EU, so I don't. I'm woefully ignorant when it comes to that. Yeah, I, well, I haven't read any of the books either. Well, I, I, I've read that theory online that uh, really that, that he is Plagueis. Yeah. Oh, that he's Plagueis. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. Well. Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to it, wait. Okay. Well, is there anything else? No, I think we've kind of uh, given our enough enough for people to kind of chew on. I'm sure they've already heard thousands of these already, so we want to put, right. our, put our two cents in. Yes. I'd like to hear the, uh, I'd like to read the theories of other people as well. So if they could write in to uh, to the podcast and yeah. either send their theories in. Yeah, either write in to our post on Facebook or to our email address at uh, gotta get burned at gmail.com G-O-T-T-A G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're on iTunes. And we'd love to get emails. We'd love to get reviews. It's been a while. <laughs> we need someone like uh, that guy that kept writing into all the shows. What was his name? Uh, uh, Tim Elliott. <laughs> Speaking, I need to write into uh, listen to the province. They have a new one out. Yes, which is really, a really bittersweet. Yes, when it's it's hard to listen to. It's a, it's a nice episode, but it's knowing what we know. It's it's hard. Yeah, um, you know, we haven't really stated it um, in the recording here, but uh, as of today, probably, uh, if not today, tomorrow, Star Wars: The Force Awakens will overtake Avatar in domestic grosses. It looks like at about seven hundred and sixty million. Yeah. So take now, that, wh- take that, James Cameron. Yeah. Now, whether or not it will overtake it overall with worldwide, you know, get the two point seven billion that uh, Avatar got, you know, remains to be seen. It just hit in China uh, this weekend, so we're probably going to start seeing a lot of a lot of numbers no. come from there. But it's, there's no telling how big it will be there. It could simply make you know three four hundred million. And, or it could really shoot through the roof. You I, don't think, know. I think China's going to be a big boost to it. Yeah. But so. either way, it is the biggest movie, you know, well, at least since Jurassic World. <laughs> and Disney is, trust me, Disney's dollar signs in her eyes now. Thinking, yes. All right, how many more of these can we pump out? Oh, you know, there's one guy in the offices there going, you know, it, it could have done better. But, you know, yeah. the, I, I think one of the things that actually worked against it was they had it at so many screens, so many screens at so many theaters that even opening day, people were going to movie theaters and they were sitting alone, you know, there not having a big crowd to enjoy the movie with them. And I think that worked that 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 worked against them. Now I, I fortunately saw a uh, a matinee showing, which was about five o'clock, and the theater was about three quarters full. I saw it in a packed house. Yeah. I think the second I time I saw it, it was a half packed house. I saw it on like the opening weekend, Sunday night late, like eleven mm-hmm. at IMAX, and it was it was probably ninety percent full. And then I saw it again the next weekend with Fanula, and it was probably three quarters full. Wow! So but, I mean, it, yeah, I mean they 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 had this thing plastered at every theater possible, and as I understand it, uh, it is it, they're keeping it on the IMAX screens for a complete month. Oh yeah, well, uh, that's just like, that's just a higher ticket price for them, so that just helps them. Yeah, but they've got all the IMAX screens booked, as I understand it. So it's like, wow. Well, it's I know they're uh, I've I know uh, Rifen I think has seen it about four times, but I know people are already see, seeing this five six times already. So it's got they have a lot of repeat viewings. Yeah, we're not going to get as many people getting the news stories after them. You remember how after the original Star Wars was in the theaters, you got the news stories about the guy that saw it 76 times yeah. or, you know, 180 times. And, you know, <laughs> I think too many people are going to do that this time. <laughs> well, let's wait for it comes up. You could already, if you go into Walmart right now, you can already buy, pre-buy the movie. Yeah. If you got a little placket, you can pre-buy it whenever it's going to come out. Yeah, that was available the day the movie came out. Yeah. Now, have you guys played the Star Wars Battlefront? I have not. The, the, the new one. Not yet. Uh, my we we got a PlayStation Four for Christmas, thank God, and uh, the it came bundled with the Star Wars Battlefront game. Nice. And and I tell you, the speeder bike on Endor se- section is so freaking amazing and so brutal. I get beat up just trying to play it. <laughs> I I mean, you, you you if you're not careful, five seconds, boom, tree dead. You know, it is it, it is just awesome. Uh, 
the the player fighting thing is going to take me a while to get used to. My son's already getting adjusted to it. But, uh, I mean, you can play as any of the characters practically. Luke, Leia, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Boba Fett. I think you can play as an Ewok if you want to. Uh, <laughs> Stormtroopers, uh, the, the, the flying troopers, the flamethrower trooper. Uh, I mean, there's so many things you can do in, in, in there. And it's pretty awesome, all the stuff that we've done so far. Now... There's one point where you're driving an AT-ST and you're basically protecting an, an AT-AT from A-Wings and Y-Wings. That was a, uh, A-Wings and X-Wings. That was pretty cool, too. So I'm really enjoying that game, and my son's definitely enjoying it an awful lot. Um, cool. Yeah. Mentioning A-Wings, I, I wish in The Force Awakens we had seen more because they, they went to so much trouble to pay homage to the original three films that all we saw were X-Wings. I wanted to see some B-Wings or a different variation of something. Different, you know, B-Wings, A-Wings. Y-Wings. Y- oh, I wanted to see some Y-Wings, you know. Yeah. So I hope in the next movie we're going to see a bigger variety of... Same with the TIE Fighters. We had no TIE Interceptors or Bombers. It was just the black and red standard TIE Fighter. It seemed like uh, aside from the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings, that they were, and, and, and even the, the Star Destroyers to a small extent, they were trying to get... Uh, get away from over inundating us with all the old stuff that we'd seen in fact if you noticed when they were in that that bar where they met maz maz whatever her name is um you didn't see any aliens that you were familiar with from the other movies no even that, ones from the cantina yeah that's fine but speaking of that well not speaking of that but where was where was wedge that actor's still alive how come he couldn't have a cameo i think there was a dispute i think there i, I again i i I don't read that stuff. Uh, I don't go out of my way to read that stuff. But if I if I remember uh, correctly, there was some some kind of thing, and the actor Dennis Lawson uh, did not want to participate. Hmm. Huh. Well, you know that's Ewan McGregor's uncle, right? Yes. Yes, I, I did. didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, and they misspelled his name, his last name, in uh, Episode Four. That's sad when that happens. <laughs> anyway, I think we beat this one to death, though. <laughs> yeah, I think we've had it. We've said enough. Enough. We don't want to. Uh, uh, we already told people where to reach us, where to find us. Um, and that's always, I'll add that at the end of the show anyway. But Yeah. Uh, and uh, as always, be sure when you go to Amazon to buy all the cool stuff you're going to buy to use the link on the Two True Freaks homepage. Uh, we, you know, get a small cut of it. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And there's so much cool stuff out there. I bought the uh, novelization today. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting into that. Cool. I've been thinking about doing the same on Audible. You know, I was I was wondering the same thing if it was available on audio. Oh, it is. So, uh, you guys got anything else? No, I think that's it. Why don't you bring us, uh, take us out? Take us out. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening this far. If you're listening this far, you must really be bored. Uh, <laughs> kidding. But uh, it's been a good conversation, and uh, hopefully, we'll get together soon for um, a regular episode. Um, are we still looking at doing uh, Green Lantern? I'd like to. Yeah, so we're looking in a future episode of doing Green Lantern, Ganthet's Tale. Ganthet? I can't say that. Ganthet, uh, ta- Ganthet's Tale. Ganthet's Tale uh, in an com- upcoming episode. Um, and then uh, we'll try to let you know we're going to go from there. But for Two True Freaks and Third Degree Burn, I'm Brian Hughes. I'm Tim Elliott. And I'm Frank Yannabo. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. If you're interested in any of the books we cover in the show, just head over to tutufreaks.com and use the Amazon link to shop. This doesn't cost any extra, but it really helps support the shows. Until next time, this has been Third Degree Burn.